Welcome to the favorite part of my day, my friends. You know, it was getting kind of hectic today, and I thought, oh, could we push this out? I'm like, no, mm -hmm. it's Bill's favorite part of the day. I'm not doing it. I hope it's yours. Or it is. Well, maybe not your favorite, but close to it. It was really building up today, wasn't it? And I was, I almost did the same thing. It was getting to be about noon. No, we can't push the yeah. good stuff out of our life. Exactly. It is the favorite part of my day. You ready to kick us off? Are we ready to get this party started? I'm ready. I'm ready to party. What the heck? Who are we here with today? We're here with Wendy Wilson. Colleague. Yes. What's up, Wendy? Hey, how's it going? Happy to be here. Fantastic. You're excited to be here. We had this discussion on our last podcast. It was like we were trying to think about synonyms for excited because everybody always says they're excited. I'm thrilled. Oh, Wendy, oh. do you have a different word? I'm riding the crest. You're riding the crest? <laughs> Good old surfer term. Yeah. Like that. You're writing it. That's tubular. Bro. Tubular. tubular. Totally awesome. <laughs> so, Wendy, you are a business strategy lead at Microsoft. Correct. And before that, you worked at SAP? Yeah. So, I worked at SAP for over seven years. And I was, I came in as a digital supply chain solution advisor. And then while I was there, I developed a way that we can understand our customers' current state and automate the way that we look at that to map it over to their future state with S for HANA, but map it back to their corporate strategic goals to help them build a business case and align that with their corporate strategic goals. And so really developing a true ROI, opportunities for improvement, and understanding the value of where they're currently today and, and what could help them improve tomorrow. So um, sometimes those are things that can take six months to a year to kind of go through and assess and many, many workshops. And we were able to actually do this in an eight to 10 week period by automating the system scan decreasing the workshops to only being a couple hours per process area and coming in with a point of view before we ask the customer for their personal time because they're working. So you're a fixer and a solver yeah. of problems, it sounds like. I love it. I love it. Give what? me a problem. Tell me I can't do it and I'll go do it. <laughs> no, it sounds like it. What made you decide to bring all that expertise to Microsoft? Well, honestly, I was just really excited to see um, what you guys were doing. I actually had worked with a colleague, um, Laz Uriza, um, who also is a strategist here. And, um, you know, he had told me that he really liked working here. And it, it was sort of where, you know, I'd been working in SAP in some form or fashion since 1996. So I just aged myself. <laughs> but um, not as much as some of us. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I'm 77 years old, so we're no. doing fine. <laughs> You're a very young He's 77. <laughs> this is my retirement gig. I, 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 your... I thought you knew that, Shelly. Yeah, I... No, I didn't. See, so, yeah, I admire your dedication for continuing to work. <laughs> this is what gets me up. You love it so much. You love it so much. Yeah. That's too funny. We're glad you're here. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's, and how long have you been? When, when did you come to Microsoft? Because we met, you know, after I came to this team and everything. So it's been a year and one month. Oh, no way. So we came into this team at the same time. Yeah, me. And dog years, it probably feels like more like 14. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, dog years. It does feel awesome. On some days, it feels like 14, I think. <laughs> right. So what a fantastic background. Uh, and I, 
what you're doing now, I think you, you can apply a lot because you, you're focusing on the partnership with SAP, uh, how we connect and extend and innovate with across organizations within Microsoft, right? Yeah, yeah. And really trying to help understand where SAP is an ERP, right? When you're trying to strengthen the ability of how you're using that ERP, Microsoft has so many options and they're cost effective. They're easier to adopt. So really starting to help our customers understand that. And one of the things that I'm driving here is really understanding how to be a trusted advisor to our customers and selling with empathy and understanding the customer's needs. So when I start to think about a customer holistically, there are ways that we have we have different t- types of customers out there, right? We have the very large strategic customers, and then we have, you know, the smaller businesses and understanding how can they get the most value out of their money, regardless of the size of the company. How can we help their users to adopt solutions easier so they're not exporting stuff out and working outside of the system, which then creates data issues? and really helping them to simplify their use of their ERP systems, right? Maybe they're not as comfortable getting into an SAP system and driving and, you know, messing around in the SAP system with the T codes and things like that. You know, with our modern workplace, there's a lot of stuff that can be done um, using our Teams apps and things like that, where we can have agile forms that are easier for customer service folks to use and, and quickly understand. And then also that workflow is pretty pretty impactful the way that we can manage that and and the ability to implement quicker with with the Microsoft solutions with SAP. So it really creates a really valuable solution for the business users. And Wendy, Microsoft has got 30 plus years working with SAP as a partnership, right? Microsoft is a partner. They are a collaborator and they are a customer, right? So it's there it's a really amazing thing the relationship between sap and microsoft and it's the same vice versa with sap so this very long relationship has allowed both of them to support innovation and and really driving that change where do you see some of the innovation going you know ai is a, a hot topic right now you know where do you yeah. see some of the other innovation all about ai right yeah <laughs> AI with chat GPT and our co-pilot helping you with uh, improving on code. It's it's an interesting thing. I used to manage SAP projects that sort of went sideways. I would come in and stop the project, reassess. and See, she's get, a fixer. She's a I, fixer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it comes back, back to how I engineered fixes. It's all good. Right? Exactly, right? But uh, it you, when you don't understand where the the base problem can be you know we we just did an interesting thing with copilot where building in the ask for our our ability to have ai start to help with the coding and look for the break fix in the coding can really help support that because not everybody is great at it i was terrible at doing coding that's why i managed because <laughs> i almost broke a system once i got scared and backed away but uh <laughs> called in someone way smarter than me <laughs> So, you know, <laughs> you always want to be very careful, right? So luckily I've- Good summary of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's 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 making things um, easier to understand and build. And if you start thinking about it, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm a supply chain person. So when I start thinking about how can I start to correct my, my supplier issues and, you know, what are the recommendations around- 
you know, maybe there's a bottleneck with demand at a certain supplier, or maybe there is a a lifetime event, a hurricane or a fire. I've got to go out and find other suppliers that can help me meet my demand. We start to have um, recommended suggestions. Now this could potentially even get into a broader search to go out and find suppliers that meet certain requirements and then do supplier recommendation that I might want to onboard, right, that I hadn't even heard of that maybe are in my regional area or have a global reach. So there's a lot of things that, that can really start to happen. Yeah, SAP is, is such an interesting thing to me because like Microsoft, you, you, know, you were just saying there's a lot of history. We've both been around for a long, long time. We both evolved and changed. It's like little kids that kind of grew up together almost, right? And it's like, but, uh, you know, but we, we I, I don't think that we've grown apart. It seems like we've only grown closer uh, as organizations. And now with some of the like crazy acceleration, you and I were talking the other day offline, Wendy, about like why now the two of us together more than more than ever, like more than you maybe would have thought of 10, 15 years ago or five years ago. You know, why, why, what is so crazy interesting about what's happening right now in, in the market and between the two of us? Yeah, no, that's a really, really great question. One of the things, so customers historically have been able to do just um, a technical lift and shift. The structure has sort of been a complex data model structure. It hasn't changed drastically up until this S for HANA product. Um, and so they were able to do technical lift and shifts. There was some break fix testing that needed to be done, but you might still have custom objects that are from 1996 still kind of lagging along in there. Um, and the same thing with the BW reporting and things like that. There's a lot of cubes out there that aren't being used and reporting that's clunky or things that are kind of hanging on that actually cost money to maintain. Um, but when you're moving from ECC to S for HANA, and there's tools that do this and understand and mitigate the break risk and things like that, but really you're moving into what's called a columnar data model structure. And so your reporting and your um, custom objects and things like that will have a breakpoint, right? And there are tools that'll fix it, but you have to still go back. And this is more retesting, potentially, you know, having to build new custom objects, especially now that we're moving to Rise, because if they're doing this in the SaaS model, they're not allowed to go in and put their custom objects into the golden client, right, that they're working on. And they've got that restriction there. And so when we're starting to kind of move towards that, it's a really opportune time to fix the custom objects, adopt what's in S for HANA. So start really using the improvements that SAP has been listening to their customers and built into the product. There's a lot of automated reporting that's actually stored inside S for HANA. So you may not need all the reporting that you were building before. Um, and it's executable reporting. And then also, as we're moving into that, the flexibility that our data products, especially as you're starting to get AI ready, will provide you because nobody only runs SAP, right? They've got other third-party solutions that they're running, multiple. Um, I don't think I've ever seen an architecture footprint that has less than seven systems. Um, wow. So start to think about how you're integrating those. And sometimes they'll have multiple of the same kind of solutions. So multiple warehouse solutions or things like that. So understanding the opportunity for consolidation, integrating into a data platform that allows for that flexibility. SAP has their their ability to have their reporting tools that work really well within SAP. 
And then as we start to come outside of that SAP layer, using our Sentinel security so that you don't have that risk issues, and then providing a flexible data platform that's going to allow for that integration with those third-party solutions. And then our power platform, right, which is those custom objects that you need to rebuild or even improve on as you're starting to move forward are going to be some great opportunities. And SAP has great custom object uh, solutions like BPC that work great with the SAP integration. But as we're starting to integrate with third-party solutions into the SAP needs and that business use, really great to start looking at the combination of the two of power platforms and BPC for where their strengths are. The scale and breadth is just amazing. Yeah, yeah, lots of opportunity. But it's a really unique time right now. Yeah, it's really interesting. You mentioned uh, the year 1996. I, it made me think. I've got a, I've got a buddy that I actually wish was here on the on the uh, this call. So, way back in the day, I worked for a healthcare company uh, called Beringer Mannheim, which was bought out by Roche somewhere in the 90s. A friend of mine that I used to share an office with there, we worked on some early systems together. And then after I had left and come to Microsoft, he actually ended up being all started getting into their SAP systems, I think, as an analyst, probably way way back when. I think he might run all of their systems now, but shout out to Peter. If you're out there, I might have to tag him in this post. But it just makes me think about you know all the things that have changed and happened over the years. I like to follow up really intelligent things with just really dumb statements. So, so I, 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 think it was, I was working at Hewlett Packard implementing the largest SAP implementation in the world at the time. And me, I worked with some incredible people from all over the world. I mean, India, Germany, um, Belgium, you name it. And um, it was 3.1H. And I was in Roseville, California, working out of trailers. <laughs> It was this huge project, so it's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, that's met some great insane. people that I'm still friends with. So that's awesome. Yeah. So, Wendy, you talk a lot about the enterprise, the large scale deployments, uh, and the fact that you know they're some of the best enterprise grade deployment tools in the business. But what about our friends and small business? You know, it, it, I'm assuming that it applies there as well. The benefits of SAP and Azure together. Absolutely. Um, as you start to think about, you know, what is it that the small businesses are? This was a major investment for them coming into SAP, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a mid-market area and a small business area that kind of drives in that in that particular segment. And the great opportunity for them also is, you know, they may have had to do some heavy custom objects. Maybe that's going to be coming out of that as they move into Rise. Rise is most likely going to be the direction that that those folks will go, um, which is the software as a solution kind of package. And starting to look at what can I improve in my total cost of operations, right? So I'm reducing my IT spend. I'm increasing my agility and improving on my reporting. And then I want to help those businesses run so lean. I want to help my business users improve their day in the life. So what can I do so that they're not pulling and churning on reports that then make them behind on their, you know, supply planning or, um, you know, working outside of the system, trying to correct things in finance and procurement, right? So how can we start to better um, operationalize their their day in the life, right? And so those are things where our solutions really um, have ease ease of implementation, ease of adoption, 
and a better total cost of operations. So really starting to look at at the value that you're getting when you're using something like a power platform, um, our data capabilities, our modern workplace, um, you know, they're still on the affordable side where you're not, you know, sometimes getting the more fancy new shiny thing, but you're getting something that really works for what you're trying to implement. Plus they get the built-in security, extensibility. Yeah. And good point. Yeah. Cost savings in the end. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Because save significant cost, I would imagine. But even even if you start to add the cost of the day in the life of the person that was actually, you know, their eight hour day, they're spending an additional three to four hours trying to churn Excel reports to get to leadership to make a decision to sign off on something. And they're finding errors in that data because the data is not clean and that in itself is wasted money, right? And then your employees aren't able to focus on how they can help the business improve because they're so stressed out about just getting normal daily stuff done, right? You want to you want to create an environment where your employees can start to think, how can I improve the business for the company I work in? And, um, you know, when you're churning on an Excel spreadsheet to try and get data that could have been optimized and, you know, creating better uh, outputs, you know, these are things where freeing up that time really helps create a better work environment and and improve on your spend of of the hourly uh, use of that employee. Yeah, that's cool because that really gets you out of the mundane style tasks, you know, the thing. And it is those mundane things that always seem to suck up the most of your day, right? So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's a movie I just watched um, and it was uh, the Cheetos movie of the guy that created the Flaming Cheeto. Yeah. Movie? It's such a great movie. No, when it, when it, <laughs> I've never heard of this. The, the world's been waiting for this movie. Come on. Apparently. It's new. And I can't remember if it was on Disney or Netflix. I'll have to go find it. Lightning but Cheetos guy. Okay. It was so good. This guy who um, started out as a janitor, they kind of said, hey, we're trying to look for a new way to sell to different international markets. And he and his wife just started making these different recipes. And he sort of started taking out and test sampling it with his friends and took it to, I believe, the CEO. And the CEO is like, I'm on board. This is great. But I mean, the whole story is such a journey. And here's somebody that didn't take no for an answer, used some of his spare time to be innovative for a company that was treating him well. And then they created not just one potato chip, but like they have rims for margaritas. They've got um, swag that they sell. I mean, like literally a billion dollar market, you know, and it was pretty cool. It's a great story. It's it a great started from the flaming Cheetos guy. Yeah. He's, so he okay. was a janitor that was working for Cheetos and I think Cheetos wasn't doing as well as they could. And he was trying to find another way for Cheetos to start revenue in different international groups. And this wound up being, you know, uh, the, this guy just came up with a good idea because his wife was a really good cook and okay. they created so really, some spice blends. Yeah, It was his wife that was behind the success. No, it was both of them. It was honestly, it was <laughs> really good. <laughs> You're going to make me turn red. <laughs> I can verify that Wendy is turning a little bit red and she hasn't had any flaming Cheetos that I can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but as soon as we end this conversation, I think we're all going to, <laughs> to have some Disney jabs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there you better have the margarita there. The margarita to go with to there we go. your taste buds, Jan. <laughs> That's too funny. I'm going to go watch that movie. That's going to I'm going to put it on my list. 
I have to find out more about this. Yeah. All right. So SAP Azure, it's not just about supply chain and Cheetos. Uh, What are their industries? Oh, it's all it's all across the boards. Yeah. Yeah. So my personal work history, I've at least had conversations with folks in over 23 different industries. So if you think about that, I was an independent consultant for a long time. And then also being in the pre-sales side, um, you know, with as an implementer and then also uh, at SAP for supply chain, you know, it's everything, even railway, right? It's yeah. everywhere. Utilities, railway, government, um, what we call regulated, right? Lots of amazing companies that, that I've had the pleasure to sit down and, and really look at the amazing way that they do business. Everybody is so interesting and they all have their needs and and their things that they want to improve and their competitive edge and things like that. So, I mean, there's just, you know, I'm, I'm being cautious about mentioning names because we're on a, a podcast. I don't want to call out a business that may not want me to name their name, but just, you know, there's a lot of really exciting things making besides, you know, there's food, there's sunglasses, there's railways, there's, you know, planes that bring cows from country to country. I mean, like there's just you name it, it can be done, you know, and an interesting fact is an automotive company that's based in the U.S., as soon as you cross through their security gate, you're on international grounds, right? So like you're actually like not on what they consider U.S. because of the way that the rail comes through and takes the cars or something like that. I don't know the exact reason, but that was like an interesting fact that they had told me. So like there's just all kinds of weird things you learn when you're talking to all these different industries but yeah it's there is an industry that it's not specific to i can i can definitely say which makes sense because they all need to be secure they all need to take advantage of data they all need enhanced ways to accelerate with innovation and productivity so that makes sense they all need an execution system and they all need to start thinking outside of what do we need beyond that Mm mm-hmm what have you guys seen change at Microsoft over the last few years now that SAP has been moving into the cloud? Like, what is something that you've observed? Well, that's you know, a great question. That is a great yeah. question. You know, I think some of the key things that you talked about, you know, with the bringing things together in a more connected way, uh, that's where I see the biggest benefit. You know, I think it's fascinating to think about SAP, We to think about migration to the cloud, how you secure your environments, extending, you know, across the whole Microsoft space with dynamic or biz apps, excuse me, biz apps, data platform, and then some of the new innovation things that are coming out like AI, the chatbots, um, co-pilots. To me, it seems like with the SAP partnership, it's just continuing to make us better, more connected, a more seamless way to connect for our customers. Yeah, that's a super eloquent answer there, Shelley. You, you, <laughs> You got me. I got, so much has changed I, for me. The, the, I started Microsoft in 96. So I was actually really just kind of relating uh, to everything that you were saying, Wendy, about being able to see so many industries and stuff. So when I was on the consulting side of the organization, it, I really did like move from industry to industry very rapidly a lot of times, right? Because they they put you where you're needed. I mean, I was able to see manufacturing and aerospace and the movie industry. You know, I lived in California, so it was like, hey, I got to see how entertainment and the the big studios worked and yeah. and stuff like that. I, I think like seeing all that 
come together with the cultural changes that we've had over the last few years where it's, you know, so many things that used to feel more like a, an us and a them separately feel more like we're all kind of going to market, going to our customers together with solutions, not, you know, separate answers or, hey, you use the Microsoft piece to do that, you know, hey, Mike, we got these servers, we got this stuff, you know, we can help you with that and the infrastructure and racket. And then, you know, we've got some data tools and stuff like now it's, it's just so much more than that. It's like going to a customer with, with answers, uh, rather than, you know, maybe like a menu and saying, well, you can pick this over here. And if you like this, you know, make this decision. It's like, I feel like we go with more of a point of view when we go in together. Going in with the, so what, right? What's, what's the business outcome, right? So that's the most powerful thing you can do is understand what is it that my customer needs from a business outcome perspective. And then backtrack into the actual problem solving of, you know, what's the sausage making to get there, right? Um, That's really huge. The other thing, too, that I think is important with something that you guys just mentioned is that this is not like expected to happen all at once. You're not supposed to boil the ocean, right? So looking at it from a phased implementation perspective, right? So what's a low-hanging fruit that I can fix right now? What are the corporate strategic goals that I have to meet that I have to prioritize? And if I'm prioritizing that, are there any dependencies that I have to put in first or that can come afterwards? So like data is a really good example of this. If they're coming from SAP on-prem and they're moving up into the cloud, right? Do they start their data migration and their whole data plan now? Answer is yes. Do they do it in parallel with their implementation? The answer is still yes. Or is it something that, look, we need to get up because we're worried about missing this 2027 date. We've got to get into the cloud. We're going to do a technical shift to get up on the cloud, a technical shift to move over to S4. But then we really got to get our data AI ready. So now we want to focus on our, our data migration there. Yes, but know the impact of this of this, the timing that you're going to be doing this, right? So don't expect your reporting to be clean if you're doing it afterwards, right? And know that there will be some problems. But if you can sort of do data cleansing in parallel as you're doing that, you won't have as many difficulties. But the cool thing is just really knowing how to get from point A to point B. It's not all in one, right? So these can be sequenced um, over a period of, you know, six months, one year, two year, three years, and just understanding what that journey means and, and you know, what the dependencies are um, is is pretty important. That makes a lot of sense because it can be pretty overwhelming. Like, okay, I've got this massive overhaul that I want to do or, you know, okay, what can we help improve and, and look at it in different phases, which is, is more natural. You know, nobody yeah. builds a house or a community or a city in a day. Yeah. You know, you usually right. have to chunk it out. Being of cities, one of the coolest things that I ever saw is a a very large, um, you know, uh, entertainment park here in Florida. And the way that they run is their own holistic city, right? Mm -hmm. And they run SAP. They run a lot of other solutions too. But if you think about it, we were talking about industry. Think of how many industries are inside that, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got the park, you've got the machinery, you've got the supplier, you've got the retail, you've got the customer uh, goods, right? Start thinking about how many 
I mean, it's, it's how it all comes together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fire department, their own hospital. I was going to say, public I mean, safety. They've, yeah. they've <laughs> basically got their own government. Yeah. You know? yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. A cool thing that we were talking to them about was wearing these vests that would have a um, sensor for the people that would drive the trains around mm-hmm. the park mm-hmm. so that they could sense if their heart rate was or they were overheated or something so that they wouldn't have, you know, a crash while they were driving the trains. Like we can get really amazing with some of these products that we have, you know, with manufacturing, you can attach sensors, a company called Thin Air and a few other companies out there that do this. They attach sensors to these really, to to all these areas to identify issues and risks or things going down or refrigeration going down or a gas leak or whatever. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And then the stuff that we can attach to the drones and getting, you know, flight, uh, information from the d- drones into the systems so that's where i start getting excited you can tell i'm talking a little faster <laughs> that's all right we like excitement wendy do you know that we talked to thin air uh not too long ago oh good you're right amazing. Yeah. yeah amazing yeah, they're, capabilities they're pretty cool yeah i uh, i had a conversation with them last week or the week before and we're starting to build the go-to-market strategy of integrating them in with our our capabilities around especially manufacturing Great company. Really cool stuff. Well, yeah, they are. Well, Wendy, this has been so cool. So happy to, to have you here on our, our little radio program. Little Birdie told me that you have some experience doing that as well from your SAP days. Well, what was that all about? Yeah, no, it was really fun. SAP uh, used to have an SAP radio program and you would go on and we would have sometimes a partner or a customer and myself and another expert on there and just have free-flowing talk. And it was really enjoyable. It was a great forum. That's one of my favorite things to do. I told, was telling Shelly before we got started today that this really, it does lift up my day. This is just one of my very favorite things that we do together is is just get together and have these just natural conversations. And that's and kind of great stuff. that SAP radio, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you guys have been great. This has been a lot of fun. It's, it's, uh, it's just great talking with like-minded people and you know talking about topics that we're passionate about it's really cool and what do you, is it. sap radio still on there you know what i don't know but i assume okay. so i can go check i'm gonna go check it out check it out i'm sure they did not talk about flame and cheeto cheetos though no <laughs> it's a great story it is a great story we should check the down the uh views of um of the movie to see, you know, if, if we increase it by millions after right. this, because, you know, so many people listen to our podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sachi is going to put it on his list. It's like, imprint go watch that. Supply chain. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cheetos, flaming Cheeto sales skyrocket due to the Azure Core podcast. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> this is probably. Like all of a sudden he's gonna be on the LinkedIn post and be like, "Oh, oh, hi, Satya." <laughs> <laughs> I was listening the whole time. <laughs> 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 <laughs>